Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen. As we have a calm conversation on hopefully a mundane topic for you. Some people get excited about certain topics that we cover. I have a very special guest in the studio today, and I have mentioned this person on the podcast in several other episodes. And uh, I'm so glad to be here with a dear friend of mine, someone I haven't seen in a couple of years. Michelle Miracle, and yes, that is her last name. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's so nice to be here after all of these years of listening to your podcast and uh, loving it from afar. It's very exciting to be inside the Insomnia Project. Thank you. Now, you live in Los Angeles. I do. I live in Toronto. You do. But we are in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, City, Utah. <laughs> and it is... Uh, a long story yeah but we wanted to get together for your birthday yes and we wanted to make it a surprise so your husband and me and my wife figure out a location we all had not been in before we were very sneaky and we sneaked it all out and we all ended up here and i was very surprised and shocked and had no idea that you were going to surprise me at the airport Mm -hmm. and uh it has been a fun-filled non-boring 72 hours in Salt Lake City. What do you think of Salt Lake? I think it's beautiful. It's very clean and fresh and there's a lot of new construction and it seems very vibrant. And the mountains are just gorgeous. You're someone who can rate mountains because you're from Colorado and you are in the Rockies. And here in Utah, these mountains for me are just stunning and they're white capped and they're just they they feel like you can reach out your hand and touch them yes i am a a world-class mountain connoisseur Mm -hmm. if you will and uh in colorado there are several fourteen thousand foot mountains okay in fact like people who are hiking enthusiasts which i am not i should say will make that's not true because we hiked in maine together and you were like... We went on a walk in Maine. Okay, together. I call that a hike. I call that a hike. <laughs> there are serious hikers in Colorado okay. that will go on like a six-hour hike. Oh, no. And, you know, pack with a backpack. Okay. And they climb these 14,000 feet uh, peaks. And they're part of the 14ers. They oh. call themselves the 14er oh, really? club. So it's like once you get through... You know, if you, you've climbed all of the 14,000-foot peaks, then you're, like, a member of the, the 14er club or okay. whatever. I don't know for sure if I'm 
if I have all my facts straight. But needless to say, there are a lot of very tall mountains in Colorado. And when I see the mountains in Salt Lake, they are beautiful. Great. But I don't think they're quite up to 14,000 feet. No, they're not as majestic. They're not as majestic. And they're not as um, skyscraping right. as when you're in Colorado, for me, anyways, right. in my experience. Uh, stunning in a different way. Right. Um, but and, very similar climate here. Okay. Yeah. The elevation. I should check the elevation. Sure. I'm not sure what it is here, but it feels very much like Colorado. If you're ever going to a place that has a high elevation and you're not used to high elevations like me, you might suffer from a bit of altitude sickness. So my recommendation would be to get plenty of rest before you get there and drink plenty of water before and when you're there. Right, right. Because for some reason... the higher elevation dehydrates you and when you get dehydrated in high elevation i believe it causes a lot of headaches and it can cause dizziness and and trouble breathing trouble breathing so a lot of times in these high mountain towns you'll see people wearing oxygen or getting you know oxygen boosts if especially like performers right if they're on stage in aspen or something they'll have like oxygen off stage i see what's your favorite mountain in Colorado. Do you have one? You know, I should I should have one. I believe Mount Elbert is the highest mountain in Colorado. Okay. I don't even think I've ever been there. Okay. I'm just snobby because I'm from Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have like the favorite mountain. Okay, but, fair enough. But they're just bigger. Sure. <laughs> what are some tips you would give someone who is going to hike in a mountain? Bring lots of water, bring lots of snacks. Um, I went snowshoeing once in snow in Steamboat. Oh, Steamboat, Steamboat Colorado. Colorado. And it was, I thought snowshoeing was going to be very physically challenging, and it was lovely. It was like, because I'm not a very athletic person. For our listeners who don't know what snowshoeing is, basically... When there's lots of snow on the ground and you want to go for a walk, you will sink into the snow. So there's these snowshoes that you put on the bottom of your shoes. And they kind of look like, for lack of a better term, a tennis racket. They're stringed and it helps you stay on top of the snow and not sink down so you can sort of walk your way across. Right. And it's very inexpensive when it comes to outdoor winter sports. Sure. Comparatively. To skiing, snowboard, even (laughs) hockey, all the equipment you need to play hockey. This is like a $15 rental. And in Steamboat, there are several trails. So you just rent the snowshoes for a day, and then you take a walk in a very flat, beautiful, quiet mountain trail. And it was incredible. I couldn't believe how stunning and quiet it was. Wow. And I was with a friend, but it was just like walking in silence, and you just hear the crunching of the snow, just like. It was amazing. Did you see any wild animals while you were uh, snowshoeing? We saw a lot of birds, and we saw tracks oh, from wow, okay. deer and sure. several other things that I d- didn't identify. <laughs> we saw a sweet <laughs> owl, uh, my wife and I, 
not too long ago, and it was so beautiful. And in so, Toronto? No, this was a bit north. So this was this was we were heading to Cottage Country. So we were on our way on our way up on a Highway 50, if anyone cares. And all of a sudden, we saw this white owl. And when it took off, its wingspans and the and the Incredible. way it looked, it was it was wonderful. Wow. I remember being in Alaska once and seeing a baby bear like up in a tree. Oh wow. Like not even like 15 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. And of course the worry is the mama bear is the around. The mama bear sure. is around and nobody should interfere with not. this yes. baby bear. But it was so cool to just see them existing, mm-hmm. you know, and playing and enjoying the outdoors. Bald eagles are really cool to see in the wild. They're huge. They're huge. They're beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that they're the national symbol because it's such a beautiful looking animal. Yeah. And it's majestic. It's strong. It's powerful. It has so many qualities to it that make it an interesting bird to, to watch. It's very intimidating. Yeah. Seeing one up close, I remember I saw one also in Alaska that was being re- rehabilitated. Okay. And it, it had... A mask on because okay. apparently they get very scared mm-hmm. and I, I think it had a mask on so that it wouldn't like be anxious I see around people or sure. what it was in a cage but the talons on that right. thing were like three inches long sure and the beak is just massive right. and you can see how it can just rip your skin apart right. <laughs> so it was huge right so something that our listeners might not know about you i don't think i ever mentioned it on the podcast but one thing that i know that i try to do is you have a sort of i don't know if love is the word but you really enjoy photos of fire hydrants yes i do tell us about that (laughs) well it actually started around the time that i met you which we worked um we worked together on a cruise ship performing for the second city. Yes. So we met in Chicago and we did a rehearsal and then we were on a boat for four months. And it was you, Amanda, who wasn't my wife at the time, uh, Derek Shipman, who's a very close friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Hi, Derek. Um, Ian McIntyre. And then Stephen Yoon who you might know from The Walking Dead, was on the ship with us, and we all became fast friends. He's a very famous man now. Yes, he certainly is. And a delightful person. I don't know if everyone knows that. Lovely, Now, one of the talents... We'll get back to fire hydrants in a second. One of the talents that Michelle Miracle has, beyond being funny and talented on stage, is she can spot a whale in the ocean from miles and miles away. (laughs) So much so... That we gave you the moniker of Whale Eye. Instead of Eagle Eye, speaking of eagles, instead of Eagle Eye Miracle, it became Whale Eye Miracle. <laughs> and I remember you didn't appreciate that moniker, but you it could just, spot the whales. You always could spot the whales. I can I can see the whale spray from the blowholes miles away. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a whale closer? They're very majestic animals, too. We talk about majestic animals, but they're just so graceful for being such a large creature. The way they move in the water and their tails and whatnot, they're beautiful. Yeah, I believe I've seen just like the back, like the ridge of their back, of Mm -hmm. one of their backs, 
but just uh you know on blue earth <laughs> that's right. the closest i've gotten to an actual whale to see them but let's get back to fire hydrants so we we explored that yes. we worked together on sh- ships for four months yes and uh that's around that time you got into fire hydrants right because one of our ports was bermuda and i remember going to this town in bermuda hamilton st george i don't remember what town it was okay. but it was there was the most beautiful red fire hydrant with like two arms coming out on either side almost like a guy who was like surrendering like hey okay okay and i took a picture of it and i remember feeling like that is i've never noticed a fire hydrant before but that is the most beautiful fire hydrant i think that exists and then from that point every city or town or country we happen to be in I started noticing fire hydrants and it was just everyone was different every town every country they had a little different style to them so I just started to become obsessed okay. and now this is 10 years later I have I don't know probably a thousand pictures of different fire hydrants from all over the world Wow! and now because friends know that I am obsessed with <laughs> now when they travel and see a fire hydrant in a different country they'll send it to me or tag me on facebook sure. and, and say like hey thinking of you so other people have gone on to love fire hydrants as well because of you i don't know if they love them but, but because of how weirdly specific it is now they think of me when they see them okay and if there's a funny one or a strange one or a particularly ugly dirty one they'll take a picture of it and send me and i have a friend who um travels all over the world his wife is is has a very international business job and he takes pictures all over the world and he'll send me one from a random country in the middle east to you know malaysia and india and where's the coolest place that you're like wow this is a really cool one i know that we make a special point to find fire hydrants take a photo and send it to you honestly sometimes it's about the composition of the photo oh rather than just the fire hydrant and i believe you and your wife sent me one of my favorites i have so many it's hard to pick just one but you sent me one from cuba from havana and in the background is an old car. Right. Because Cuba is filled with the old classic cars. Yes. And um, because I believe that's when they stopped importing right. U.S. cars in the yeah. 50s, right? So it's like this time capsule of here's a present-day fire hydrant, but with the the frozen-in-time Cuban wow. culture. Um, American influence on the Cuban culture. Yeah. Sure. Do you do you ever frame pictures of your fire hydrants, or are they just kept on your social media or in a file on your desktop? Well, there are so many folders wow. all over my <laughs> digital libraries. I I have printed quite a few, and I funny you should ask that (laughs) i put them up in my bathroom oh that's a great place for them because i think that's what people immediately think of is that 
fire hydrants equal urination of dogs yes for dogs so that initial fire hydrant from bermuda is blown up to a five by seven. Oh, that's wonderful and it's over my toilet that's great <laughs> i have one that is someone spray painted it it's from denver okay i'm from denver originally so it's from downtown denver which has a tendency to be a little more rough around the edges okay. you know in some neighborhoods and someone had painted this is a fire hydrant only selfish pigs park in front of it well they're not wrong okay fair enough <laughs> but i just thought the work that goes in, <laughs> into that so specifically you know spray painting letters sure on tiny letters onto a fire hydrant it's a lot of work so that's framed as well it is framed yes well that's fascinating thank and you and kind of neat that you have i'd like to publish a book oh that would be great that is my goal. A coffee, a, a bathroom table book. Mm-hmm. A bathroom table <laughs> Instead of a coffee table Right, book. right. I should mention that my husband, who likes to surprise me, once took me on a trip to just outside of San Francisco, and he wouldn't tell me where we were going. And it turns out he was taking me to a little town just north of Oakland, I believe, called Brisbane. And the most interesting thing about Brisbane it's just a quaint little town but the fire hydrants in that town are all painted like characters or what do you mean characters people or like themes. famous people or like Mickey Mouse type I things? believe yes so any type of like storybook characters or uh, cartoon characters or um, there's one that is like themed like ocean animals or okay. flowers or food and apparently they have a fundraiser every couple of years that you can sponsor a fire hydrant and you pay and it's a fundraiser and then you get to paint it and it gets to stay like that for a year or something like oh, that. Oh cool. So you have to kind of submit your design and and whatever. But I had no idea this existed and it is impressive because on every corner is a different character or theme so you just spent the day walking and looking at fire hydrants it was my i was like a kid in a candy store it's kind of fun to do that to go somewhere and you're like you're on a mission i remember so i've been to rome many times this is the episode where we just cover all four (laughs) corners of the earth but i'd been i had been to rome several times and so for me i had seen a lot of the places that one must see when they go to rome so I was going and I was spending a bit of time in Rome this particular time I, I went out. And I was like, all right, so now my goal is to just go and see the different fountains in the piazza and take pictures with as many fountains as I can see and eat and drink, have coffees and cappuccinos. And I'm not going to spend any time worrying about going to the sites. But my mission was to explore all the beautiful fountains. And I got Pictures with 21 fountains. Oh my goodness. Yeah, all around Rome. Whoa. And it was just wonderful. And I got to see areas of Rome I wouldn't have ex- gone to see because I just would go to these piazzas and I'd be like, where's another fountain? I would just walk until I found a fountain. And it was just so much fun. I had no idea there were that many fountains. Oh, there's so many. Wow. Yeah. Some were big, like the Trevi Fountain. Great. And then a lot of them were just charming little fountains that oh, wow. kind of were 
were were so small that you looked at them and said, but it's not the Trevi Fountain. But they were so beautiful <laughs> that I was like, it doesn't matter that it's... I'm not going to compare it to anything else. It's right. beautiful on its own. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about fire hydrants for me was that there's something that people associate as dirty or right. gross, but they're also very important. Of course they are. Very functional. They're they, they save lives. Vital yeah. in a fire. Mm-hmm. And different cities utilize them in different ways, mm-hmm. but... They're all like a little gross, but a little beautiful. And because they're so different in every city or every town or every country, it's it's interesting to me to see like how that vital tool looks. Right. In different places. Because mm-hmm. it has to stand out too. Right. So it's kind of a neat feature in every city in the world in that you've got this important element. And you have to find a way to make it stand out because when it's needed, you need to find it fast. Right. Yeah. And and it's funny you should mention mention Italy because a friend of mine went to Italy and she could not find a fire hydrant. Oh. And another friend went to Korea, or I mean Japan, and could not find a regular fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. So I'm so curious to know what they do. In, in place of a fire hydrant oh. there, you know, in, in countries that maybe the infrastructure wasn't there. Right. Or maybe the, maybe they have some sort of other plumbing or system. I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember what they were in Italy, but I'm most likely going this summer or oh, this well. early summer. So I'll make sure I find out. I'll send you pictures. Please do. And then I'll let our listeners know. And if you have photos of fire hydrants from your hometowns, please send us a photo on our Instagram account, the Insomnia Project, or uh, tweet us at Listen and Sleep. I'd love to see the fire hydrants from your hometown, and we'll make sure that Miracle, Michelle, who I call Miracle, uh, gets to see them. And we'll get her feedback. You can rate the. I would love to. You can tag me in it as well, um, on Instagram if you'd like. What is your handle? It's at InstaGiracle. Okay. InstaGiracle. And it'll be in our show notes in case. Um, So InstaGiracle with a G. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like miracle with a G. G. Yeah. It's so funny because I call you miracle. amongst my friends who know you but people who don't know you hear me talk about you and they think your first name is miracle and they'll be like right what a beautiful name her name is miracle <laughs> i'm like what are you talking about that's her last name and you're not the only friend that i that i have that i talk about them in their last name and people right. will be like you even said with with christine whose last name is marquez when you first met her you thought her name her first name was marquez right right <laughs> i don't understand now you were on cruise ships mm-hmm what are some of your favorite ports since we have talked about many different areas of the world? I feel I don't have as much experience in Europe. I don't have any experience in Europe, so I I feel badly saying this, but my favorite ports were like either US or Mexico. Of course, because that's anyone. kind of my limited experience. Sure. But the I think the one of the prettiest ports was Bar Harbor. I was going to say the same thing. I would have so much fun with you in Bar Harbor. Oh. That's in Maine. Right. Uh, 
if if you're not aware, but Bar Harbor, Maine. It was a very cute little town, little harbor town. There were like lobster rolls and ice cream shops and a little town park and little jewelry stores. Yeah. yeah. And then we went on hikes and we went on. We went, I remember there was like a ski lift or something that went to the top of this national park. Right. Right. I feel. Oh. Yeah. And Alaska too. Alaska was so beautiful. I, I haven't been there. I thought it was going to be like a sleepy, boring place, but it was really incredibly beautiful. Where was the port in Alaska? A few of them. There was Ketchikan and... um, Oh, boy. I can't remember. Skagway? Oh, man. Skagway? Skagway, was it? Yeah. Ketchikan. Juneau? uh, Not Juneau. Anchorage? Not Anchorage. Anchorage is not on the water, I don't think. It was further south. Anyway, it's been a while, but they were all very interesting places, too. Wow, that's so wonderful. So we started with a hike. We're ending with a hike. And it's been fun having you. I'm so happy to have you on this my. It's been a big goal of mine, so this is like a bucket list moment of... I've, I'm always a big fan of yours and your podcast, and I have fallen asleep to this podcast several times, and I wish I could tell you which ones, but I fell asleep. It, it, you, you would send me, <laughs> um, we communicate with a, with a app that allows us to sort of record our voices and send it to each other, and it's called Voxer, if anybody's wondering. And you'll, you used to say to me, I'm sorry, I didn't listen to the... I caught the beginning of this episode, but then I fell asleep. And I was like, <laughs> that's don't, perfect. <laughs> don't ever be sorry. Just know that that's the purpose of this. Right. And if you stay awake till the end, like some of you may be, thank you for taking this journey with us. Yes, thank you. And I hope at the very least you feel calm and maybe it'll help you drift you to sleep. Yes, good night. Good night. Thank you. And this episode was recorded in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. With a lot of beautiful fire hydrants. And wonderful mountains. Right. <laughs>